Welcome back to another episode of the Hoffcast, and I am sitting down with one of my very best friends, Che Hart. Che and I met my freshman year of college. We were roommates for, what, a year and a half? Uh, yeah, that sounds about right. Or actually about a full year, and, uh, and Che now lives in New York City. Uh, he's an investment banker over there, and we could not have more different jobs, even though we graduated from the same school. Would you agree with that assessment? Yeah, I completely agree with that assessment. You got a real business job, <laughs> and I got some goofy offshoot. Yeah, but I mean, you did have a job in the beginning, but yeah. <laughs> I did, but even then, it wasn't really a business job. Like, all the places that were coming to, like, have us interview at the business school, that n- none of them did I go for. Oh, you didn't interview any of them? I interviewed at one place in Chicago, but I knew Chicago wasn't the spot for me. So I I remember I drove up there and I had to stay. So halfway between uh, Indiana University and Chicago was Sarah's house. So I drove up there because I had my interview in the morning and I didn't want to like do that whole drive in the morning. And I didn't want to like go up the night before and get a hotel in Chicago. So I stayed at Sarah's family's house. And I remember on my way out the door, I was like, oh, what about uh, toll roads? Am I going to hit any of those? She's, she's like, oh, yeah, let me get you something. And she ran in and she grabbed me like a quarter, a dime and two nickels. She's like, here, that ought to do you. And it got me through one toll. And instantly I was just stuck on the side of the road wearing a suit. Just like I, could, I couldn't pay any more tolls. And uh, I, I remember going to a gas station and like offering to pay for people's gas with my credit card if they would give me the cash and nobody trusted me they're like no i don't know what's happening i don't i don't want any of this nobody would do it oh this is new to me i didn't know this happened jeez <laughs> yeah so i i was uh i was maybe a smidge late for my <laughs> interview but it didn't matter it was a goofball company they they all thought they were uh in the movie boiler room they all thought they were hot stuff in there on their phones making business deals and i'm like this everyone in here is stupid all right. Do you remember when, uh, for my internship, I didn't have a suit, and me, you, and your mom went to J.C. Penney to get me some suits? Do you remember that whole yes, experience? Yes, I do remember that. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> yeah, you were interviewing. Uh, what was it? An internship at Bank of America? Yeah, I, I had the internship. I just didn't have enough suits to wear, and so right, right. <laughs> uh, you and your mom helped me pick out a gray suit and a black suit. I don't know how much help I was. I, uh, yeah, <laughs> I think you, I think you your mom worthless. was the one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was quite the uh, quite the experience. And then I went on my summer internship with just two suits. I would alternate. Every other day, I'd wear a black suit or a gray suit. And then one day, some guy was like, a black suit at the office? What are you, going to a funeral? And I'm like, man, I'm an intern. Cut me some slack. <laughs> Somebody gave you shit for wearing a black suit? Oh, I would give someone today shit today if they walked in my office in a black suit. I'm, I'm R- really? More, Nobody uh, in your industry wears a black suit? What are you, a doormat or going to a funeral? No. <laughs> really? No I like a black, black suit. suit. What What do they wear? Blue. Blue is, blue is the staple. No one wears black. Blue? Really? See, yeah, blue yeah. to me, it symbolizes like almost blazer. It doesn't symbolize suit to me. I don't understand blue. No, no. Blues, blues for, for funerals. Uh, depending on the color of the tie, you can tell if the person's like an engineer or an actual finance person. Engineers tend to wear like darker colored ties, darker colored shirts. Yeah, I've, I've learned. Really? You can tell a lot. Yeah, you can tell a lot by what the person wears. The socks, whether they go no socks, bright socks, dark socks. 
Okay, so right now I am in pajama pants and a hoodie. So that do you know what like I do for a living? What do you <laughs> Sounds like an idiot. Eh, I wouldn't go that far. Oh, man. So the listeners might uh, notice I kind of like have like put it out of my head. But in the beginning, I noticed you have an accent. And uh, oh, tell the yeah, people where you're from. Here we go. Oh, yeah. Here we go, right? Acharius is from the Bahamas. Oh, easy, 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 buddy. You're not the U.S. government, so let's keep that. Uh, keep some things off wax. <laughs> we can't use your full name? No, no, you're not the government. You don't use my government name. What's the problem with your government name? It's for the government. That's the problem with it. Well, when you called my house because we were going to be roommates and you left a message, that's the name you left. You didn't say Che. Well, that's the name I left. That's also not the name your sister heard. She yeah, was like, no, oh, my, you got to call My sister from- gave me... <laughs> She handed me a note. She's like, hey, some guy named Archibum called you? I was like, oh, good Lord, who? Yeah, I can only imagine what that must have been like. <laughs> hey, but it turned out okay. We were we were good roommates until you uh, stole my extra mattress. But whatever, that's neither here nor there. No, what? Mattress? What are you talking about? When you moved out to become the RA and you took the old RA's mattress and put that in my room and took your old mattress and took that in the RA room. Well, so then it was no longer your mattress. It was mine. I had been living with it. You, you went into my room without my permission <laughs> to take the mattress that you had been sleeping on that I God knows that many other kids had been sleeping on. It was still technically my room, I think, at that point. Right. Right, whatever. I think I was in both. <laughs> I think I had a foot in both doors. Uh, yeah. And <laughs> um, I thought you were going to say about the pillowcase or the pillow. No, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was you and Vanit in the pillow. Oh, no, you lost Vanit's pillow. It wasn't my pillow. That's a, that's thought, a good story you should tell. I thought it was your pillow. Yes, it was yeah. your pillow. Like I I, I was supposed no, 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 to no, store no, no, no. no it was Vin- I was, it was supposed Vinit's to pillow. store uh, a guy on our floor's pillow for him, and I was like, well, I'm not gonna store this thing. Like, what the hell is the pillow? It's three dollars. And so then the next year he came. He's like, hey, you got my pillow? And I was like, uh, yeah. And I just grabbed one of yours and handed it to him. Oh, that part is true. Yeah. I mean, he... <laughs> <laughs> and you were like, hey, he where's my like... second pillow? Well, the best was Vanit comes back to you and he goes, this ain't my pillow. <laughs> like <laughs> he, thing- he knew you shammed him. <laughs> yeah, because it must have been a special pillow. But I, at that point, I was like, pillow's a pillow. To me, it was like asking for a Kleenex. Like, I don't know the difference between brands and styles and any of that. I was like, a pillow's a pillow. They're yeah, like two for well, $5 at Target. Uh, the and that's why when I gave him one of yours, that's why when I gave him one of yours, I was like, Che won't mind. That's $2.50. I'll throw him that money. Uh I, I mean, I don't think I... No, did I mind a lot? Can't remember. No. Actually, I think that sounds like something I might have been mildly pissed about. No, but you, I were, guess t- you were more mad about the uh, about the uh, pretzel on the floor incident. Oh, yeah, but I got you back. I got you back. <laughs> we had just met, and uh, I think we were playing PlayStation. We must have been playing Madden or something, and we were both eating, like, snack mix. And you dropped a pretzel on the floor, and you picked it up, and you looked at me as if, like to ask, you know, is this, what should I do with this? I was like, oh, no, I, I actually, oh, oh, I actually asked. I go, <laughs> do you, I, I look at you and I go, do you think our floor is clean enough, clean enough to eat off? I specifically asked you. I didn't look and imply. I asked, do you think our floor is clean enough to eat off? And you go, yeah, I think so. And then literally like 30 seconds later, he drops, he drops a pretzel. He like slyly looks over at me picks it up off the floor, throws it in the trash, and like slightly looks back like, oh, I hope he didn't just see that. And I'm like, what is this? I can eat off the floor, but you can't eat off the floor? I think I have completely forgotten that you had just eaten something off the floor, and I just like picked it up and casually threw it away. And then you looked at me like, 
what the hell? And I was, <laughs> I was like, what, are we not playing? And you're like, what the hell was that? And we had probably only known each other for 30 minutes or something. <laughs> yes, it was actually, I think it was the first day we met, we were getting to know each other. And I go, all right, now I know what I'm in for for the next year. I got this now, schmuck. We got along very well, but I will say the one thing that like we didn't have compatibility with was temperature inside the room because you coming from the Bahamas and me coming from the Midwest, I was used to colder weather and you came mid semester. So you came in January. It was butt cold outside in Indiana. And I remember you would always like turn up the heat. You would like cover up as much as you could in bed. And I'd wake up in a dead sweat, like, what in the hell is going on? I would get off of my bunk and go down and turn, like, the AC on and turn the heat off. And then I, and then you would wake up shivering cold. Well, I think that, I think that was both of our faults. Because I think, A, I never had a comforter in my entire life. I grew up in the Bahamas, so, like, the most you need is a, like, wool blanket. So I show up to Indiana, and all I have is a wool blanket. I'm like, this is enough. And then your mom introduced me to a comforter, which was helpful. <laughs> but also, we put you on the top bunk and me on the bottom bunk, and we didn't realize the top bunk would get warmer until the Heat following rises. semester we switched. Yeah. And then when I was on the top bunk, I was like, ooh, this top bunk's kind of warm. And you were like, ooh, this bottom bunk's kind of cool. So, you know, you're living, you learn. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and, um, and then when I moved down the hall because I became the RA, which was still one of the funniest things, I think, ever, like, our RA quit. We were rooming. And I was tech, I was a sophomore then, and you were a second semester freshman, even though it was like the next year, and uh, because you came midway. And I had applied to be an RA, but didn't get a position. Then when RA was quitting, I just went down to the front desk. And I was like, "Hey, uh, you want me to do it?" <laughs> and they were kind of like, "Um, okay." But I was already friends with everybody on the floor, so it was kind of some ridiculous thing where where everybody was kind of leaning on me. And being like, hey, Hoff, it's cool if we're making a little extra noise or, or, or having having uh, fun times in our room, whatever. And I was like, yeah, that's all right. Yeah, that's the literal definition of the prisoners running the asylum. They plucked one <laughs> prisoner out and said, hey, you go run the, you become the new warden. And so. I don't think we fought the entire time we were living in close vicinity. But then at one point when I was down the hall, you and I got into an arg argument. I can't even remember what we were arguing about. Oh, we fought all the time. That I don't know what it was. I it don't was know like, what, but but we had all the same classes, so we would walk to class together. And even like there was about a two week period where we weren't talking to each other. We were mad, and we weren't saying anything. And I remember you would always come wake me up before our first class. You'd come knock on my door as like you were getting ready to hop in the shower or something, and that would be my wake up call. And even during that two-week period where we weren't speaking to each other, you'd still come knock at my door. I'd answer it. You'd just stare at me and not say a word. And I'd be like, yeah. You know what it was? I remember. It was because of the mattress. It was, that was what the mattress pissed me off. We stopped talking because of the mattress. No, no, no. It couldn't have been the mattress. I feel like it I'm was. I'm that we petty. It definitely could have been the mattress. I'm I feel like definitely we were petty. studying. I think. I think it was definitely my fault that we weren't talking because, uh, and not that the mattress wouldn't have been my fault, but I think it was something <laughs> else. I think we were studying in the library and we were getting in some sort of argument 
And I think we almost came to blows in the library, like in one of those study rooms. What would be, what would, school is not important enough to argue about. I don't think it would have been school related. No, I don't remember what the hell was going on. But I, remember, I just remember during that two weeks, we weren't speaking to each other, but you'd still come knock on my door and just stare at me. <laughs> and we'd still yeah. go to school together and still go to class. Uh, <laughs> but we weren't talking. We had all, I don't remember. And we had all the same classes, like all the, these are the same schedule. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then you and then you came to visit me when I when I went back to school in Boston. You came to some classes. I did. I did. You were in graduate school at Harvard University. I I, I wear my Pratt. I wear my hat proudly. I got a an H Harvard hat. And uh, and people that went to Harvard know what it is. And they're like, Hey, is, did you get that at Harvard? I'm like, Yep. <laughs> And I don't say anything else. <laughs> They're like, oh, did you go there? Yeah, I attended class at Harvard. And I did. I attended too. And then I left to do a show and I never came back. Well, I, my, my biggest memories are uh, you show up in Boston in the winter in a sweatshirt and basketball shorts. And I'm like, and then the first thing you say to me is, hey, man, do you have a washer and dryer? And I'm like, this is going to be good. Because <laughs> I threw up on the plane. Uh, I, I remember. You and remember? the guy next I, to you handed, yeah, you tell your story. Yeah, I, I don't know if I've told this already. I threw up on the plane. I took the red eye from L.A. to Philadelphia, and I got on there. Normally, I fall asleep right away, but for whatever reason, I was awake, so I was watching a movie, and the, the drink cart lady came over, and I ordered like the little snack pack where you get like some cheese and olives and things like that, and I ate that, and about a half hour later, I just was like in a dead sweat, and I was like, oh, no, I'm going to throw up, but the guys next to me were asleep, and so I just took out the little throw-up bag, and I just had a sad, quiet, silent throw up at like 2 a.m. on a plane. And I ripped when I was going for it. I like ripped the side. So it just all spilled out onto my lap. And I just was covered in puke. And I woke the guy up next to me. And I was like, hey, man, can you go get some paper towels or something? I accidentally threw up. And he like hands me the drink napkin, the little square. <laughs> I was like, that is not going to do it. Yup. Uh, and so I showed up at your house and I only had enough stuff for like that week and I had thrown up on like my main outfit <laughs> and I was like, can I, do you have a washer and dryer? I mean, it's better. No, I mean, my first thought was like you pooped your pants or something. I was like, oh boy. Nah, it's been a minute since I've done that, but oh, it, it had been a while since I had puked too. And I couldn't like, there's some, it must've been like rancid olives or something. Made me that upset that quick and just puke once, just once and done. And that was it. But I was like, ugh, that sucked. I would say it's ironic, though, because you're the only guy I know that's ever ordered, uh, would you get the clam chowder at the gas station? You ate that, you ate that fine. <laughs> Wherever clam chowder was, I would eat it. But a gas station, bro? A gas station? <laughs> it didn't matter. Dude, I grew up around gas stations. I remember I'd eat sixlets off the ground. It didn't matter. I was a little gas station <laughs> dumpster baby. Yeah, but you won't eat a pretzel off your room floor, though, huh? That's where you draw uh, the line? That's true. Oh, I apologize. Let me let me go on record and say I'm sorry. I well, should have treated you. I, can... I should have treated you like me. I don't remember how you got me back. Uh, you came to visit Sarah one time after you graduated, and it was a surprise trip. And uh, you showed up at my apartment with Adam, and uh, you op I opened the door. It was you. Oh no, Sarah knocked on the door. I opened the door. It was Sarah. You come around the corner and you say, "Hey!" I slammed the door in your face. And then I go get a pretzel. It was a, it was a nacho. And I go, we can only you can only come in if you eat this nacho after I put it on the floor. And you Did ate I the nacho. So, yeah, you ate it. So we're good. There you go. I'm a good friend. Yeah, yeah. 
It all came around. It was all good. And that floor was probably way grosser. No, no. I mean, yeah, 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 it was. It was. Were you at, <laughs> were you at the Brownstone at that point, or were you still at the C unit? Uh, no, we're in the Brownstone. Okay, well, that was cleaner than the other one then, at least. No, but, but it wasn't the indoor floor. It was, the, uh, it was the welcome mat on the outside. Nevertheless, I don't think I'd have eaten it at C unit. Oh, oh no, no, no. You definitely not. You wouldn't be alive yeah. if you did. <laughs> so are you, um, are you staying in New York for the holidays, or you headed home? I am going home on Monday, so that should nice. be Nice, uh, Monday. Good. That'll be Christmas Eve, recording yep, this a little uh, bit early. Got to, uh, before I go, I got to take care of my tipping situation. Got to uh, give the Your holiday tipping? cards to all the, you know, the staff in my apartment, so like the doormen, the, the porters, the cleaning people. You tip you know, all those know. people? I mean, they expect a tip, so I leave a tip. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, for, so for Christmas, how many people do you have to tip just because it's Christmas? Oh, you don't even know. For my building, it was 15 guys, and then at work, it was 12 whoa, guys. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. You have 15 people in your building you tip? Yeah, there's like four doormen, the super, uh, the porters, and then the like cleaning guys. And so you will tip? All four of the doormen? You got to. I mean, they do a good job. I mean, they get paid, but they, they do, do a good, good job. job. They, they open the door. Tip. That's what they do? Uh, they sign for your packages when you come home. They say, you know, hey, Mr. Hart, you have a package. Okay, and I shoot, I shoot something. the breeze with them quite a bit. I mean, they're friendly, so I shoot the breeze. I mean, I, I like those guys. I just wish, like, I would get a tip at the end of the year from, uh, from my boss. <laughs> I've only ever gotten a bonus one time in my life. A comedy club that they they had a really good weekend, and the guy gave me a little extra at the end. He's like, "Here you go, I gave you a bonus. We want to have you back." And but I think that's the only time I've ever gotten extra money for that. I used to have these um, when I was in Boston. I had these cleaning people come and clean my apartment. It was like this husband and wife duo. Didn't speak a lick of English. Like when you call them to make an appointment, they would tell you text them instead, so they could like use Google Translate and like talk to you. And uh, they would come to my apartment. And they would clean the, you see, you saw my apartment in Boston, they would clean the lights out of this thing. Like they would, like they would go and clean the blinds. The wife would like go to the stove and like take up the, uh, you know, the little like metal things you put the pots on. She'd take those off, put aluminum foil in the bottom of the stove, then put those things back on. So, you know, the crumbs don't drop in the stove, uh, clean the bathroom, vacuum, spray stuff. And you saw my apartment, it's like a studio, 500 square feet, 450, something like that. How much right. do you believe they, they charge for that? Uh, okay, so you had a studio. How long would it take them? Uh, two people. Probably take them like two and a half, three hours. Two and a half, three hours? Uh, maybe two hours. I don't know. I'd be playing video oh, games. Oh, okay. So let's say, let's say if it's two hours, two people, let's say they're making, uh, let's say they're making 25 bucks an hour, so 50 bucks a person, uh, you're paying 100 bucks. They would charge me 40 bucks total. $40 total? For two... Yes. No. Yeah, bro. Oh, you were getting you were getting a good discount. Well, so then I would tip them, and I would tip them an extra forty bucks because I felt like I was stealing. Yeah, forty dollars for two people to work two hours. Yeah, That's ten dollars an hour in Boston. You know, and they did a lights out job. Lights out. Were you always there when they were cleaning it, or you were never there? Uh, I was always there, pretty much. Okay, so at least they couldn't like take your toothbrush and clean their butthole. Yeah, no, 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 it's none of that. No, no, no. Yeah, but like for that, I'm like, look, what I paid you was not enough for you to do this job. I will tip you and pay you more because like what you're asking for just isn't enough. 
That but I like, can so, see, but you've got that many people in your building and you're still tipping. Like, I don't know who I'm supposed to tip and who I'm not supposed to tip. I'm still learning that. Like, I just found uh, out a year ago or maybe two, eh, two or three years ago, I found out that you're supposed to, like, leave a tip in a hotel room when you leave. You know what? <laughs> My boss and I were talking about that this, uh, like, a couple of months ago. He was like, do you leave anything for the cleaning people in the hotel? And I'm like, what the hell are you talking about, man? And he's like, you don't tip the... <laughs> He was like, you don't tip the cleaning people in the hotel? I was like, for what? Doing their job? And he was like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, what's wrong with you? Like, okay, money bags. Like, <laughs> what are you doing over here? Yeah, I don't even know how much. I know you're supposed to leave something, but I don't know how much. Like, if I'm there several days, I'll leave like a five. But I don't know if they're looking at that like that's insulting. Um, I, uh, and the problem is I, I don't always have cash. So sometimes I'm leaving and I feel bad. I like, oh, I don't have any cash to give. I'd never heard that. But then, hey, I I, uh, I was looking up, trying to figure out how much to tip my guys in my apartment. And the article I read was like, don't forget to tip your mailman, your dry cleaners. I'm just like, why, why do I tip everyone? <laughs> like the mailman, I don't, I've never even seen the mailman. I can tell if it's a male man or a male woman. Right, right. Yeah, you don't even run into him. The only person I'm sure that you're supposed to tip is like food service people. Like, the, the, like your waiter... Or like a delivery guy. That's the only people I know you're 100% supposed to tip. I, I, I think you tip delivery guys. I think because you don't want them to spit in your food the next lap. So I agree with that. Right, right. The other, the, the other day I was at a restaurant and the service was so bad. It was the first time I tipped less than 15%. Like I'm normally like if the, if the service is absolute shit, I'll do 15%. If it's good, I'll do 20%. And if I am like, I will never come here again, it was that bad which was for the first time happened to me last week, I tipped less than 10%. Less and than I felt 10. bad. So, yeah, I felt bad. I like I did the tip and like grabbed my stuff and sprinted out. Like It was like I was trying <laughs> to get out of Dodge. I feel like I'd write something on the receipt if it were that bad. I think that I would give a bum tip and then I would give an explanation. Because probably there are people out there that tip less than 10%, like on average. Yo, I, I, have a, I had a European buddy I used to work who was from France semi-related but like we'd go to the bars and you know he's from France and so we'd go to the bar you'd order a beer bartender gives you a beer you know you give him a buck tip for opening the beer maybe it's something on tap you might give him a buck or two bucks and I remember the first time I met this guy you know I gave the bartender a dollar for handing me a beer and he's like what are you doing and I'm like tipping the barkeep and he's like for what all he did was hand you a beer and I was like yeah you got to tip him and he looks at me and he just goes get out of here. Like, are you guys playing a joke on me? And we're like, no, bro. What do you mean? Like he, in France, I guess he was like, they don't tip the bartenders for like handing you a beer or like pouring you something on tap. Oh, he that's just right. Like, yeah. He was like, they didn't do any, like, I kind of get it. Like they didn't really do anything. Is that like, all of you know, France or is that, I mean, is that just France or is that like all of Europe? I don't know. But actually now that you mentioned, I do remember when I was in France and I was in Paris they told me you don't tip at the end of a meal either. Like you don't leave tips for the waiters. I, uh, that is, yeah, that could just be a French thing. I don't know. So did you feel like you get, like in France, like when the waiter's not working on tips, do you get just as good a service or is it worse or better? I'm trying to remember. I mean, I, I thought the, yeah, because you've been to Paris before, haven't you? I thought you yeah. did. And I feel yeah, like I, the service was pretty good. Yeah, do you remember if you tipped? I feel like I did. See, I feel like I remember they t- them telling me like, they're going to ask you for a tip because they can tell you're like uh, you're a foreigner, but like don't tip. They're like, that's not customary in France. <laughs> right. They must get paid a decent wage then. Like whereas in America, like our servers are paid just a couple of bucks an hour. 
I don't understand how they say restaurant business is like a horribly difficult business to stay in. Like most of them fail. And I don't see how that is when I guess all your overhead is in food, huh? Rather than staff. Yeah, but food's food's very low margin. Because if you think about it, like you go to a restaurant and you order an, an entree and maybe the entree is like 20 bucks. And I think like, I don't know, maybe like between what, the, what it costs them to actually buy the ingredients and keep them refrigerated and all that stuff. Like I don't think they really make a lot on the food. The wine, obviously, we know they make a killing on that. Uh, wine and like, like soda and stuff, they crush. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I think, I think that's true because I, there's this place in uh, Marina del Rey in Los Angeles that uh, it's called killer shrimp and they serve this awesome shrimp in just this spicy broth and, and it is really good. And it's like about 20 bucks for, for one of them. And, um, and, and I found the recipe online. I was like, Oh, Sarah, we can make this ourselves. We don't have to like go there. Cause it's kind of a pain in the butt to get down there and go. Uh, and uh, and then when I order one and she orders one, plus we get like a salad or something, all of a sudden you're like, oh, this is a $60 to-go meal. Uh, and I was like, we can make it ourselves. And I tried, and I ended up spending like, I think, $22 on ingredients. And I was like, what the hell? How yeah. is it cheaper <laughs> to just buy it yep, that's, from the that's store? that's exactly it. No, that, so, that is exactly it. So, yeah, I can see low margin. It's weird that people get into that business then. I think it's just the booze. I mean, that's where they really get you. It's just a I what? Mean, I, I think it's the booze. Like I think ne- next time you go to a nice restaurant, or next time you go to any restaurant, look at the bottle of wine you decide to order, and then look that thing up online, and then look at how much they're making. It's oh, like double yeah. the price. They, they always crush you. I, that's why I never, I never have drinks when we're just going out to eat, unless it's like a happy hour special or something like that, or a special occasion. Then I'll have some wine or a cocktail or something. But... Nine times out of ten, we go out to eat. I'm not doing it because I know that's just going to double our cost. Yeah, it's like it's like you know getting married. Like when people have receptions and whatnot. Like it's not the food that's expensive. It's it's that open bar that like you know they're charging you eight bucks for a vodka coke or whatever. Yeah, that'll drive you mad. Like you go to Vegas or something, and and all of a sudden a beer is twelve dollars. You're like, what well, that that was a <laughs> that was a twelve pack. Yup, twelve dollars, <laughs> and you just charged me twelve <laughs> for one of these Budweisers. Are you kidding me? They're like, mark up, bro, mark up. It makes you think Budweiser's leaving a lot of money on the table, huh? <laughs> I mean, people want to get drunk. <laughs> people want to get drunk, but that that affects when I get when I get screwed like that. Then I'm not tipping twenty percent. Like when you charge me way more than you should be for things, then I'm not tipping the twenty percent. But my baseline is twenty, and then I like go down to 15 and if I felt like service wasn't very good and maybe up to 25 or 30 if I thought something was exceptional. 25 or 30? All right. All right, Bill Gates. Jeez. Look at me. Oh. No. I, well, you got to remember, I'm not eating at the most expensive place in the world. So an extra, <laughs> an extra 5, 10% is like 50 cents. All right. Fair. Right? Uh, yeah, no, I get I mean, you. I mean, I, regardless of the food, though, I still try to tip the, the same percentage because I think like... The bill is just going to like the guy who who owns the place, right? And then here's the server who's you know trying to make their way. Um, when I was young and single, like if it was a bartender, if she was a cute bartender, she might get a little bit extra tip. Until I learned they split those tips at the end of the night, and then I was like, well, that uh, putting that aside, right. you know, <laughs> that makes no sense. Yeah, the tipping. Here's what bothers me about the tipping, and I I always announce it because I don't want it to be weird. But whenever I take an Uber, now that you can tip through the app. 
I always do it that way because I rarely have cash on me. But I always tell them, like, oh, I'll tip you on the app, like, as I'm getting out of the car so they don't think I'm just, like, dining and dashing. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I'm probably going to sound like a villain, but I don't usually tip my Ubers. I think, Ooh. like, it's a, You know, I, when the service was first introduced, it's introduced without tip, but I'm just, like... I like wonder what the percentage like, is of people that tip for Uber. Like, I know in the beginning they're like, don't tip. Like, Uber said don't tip. And then I think it pissed their drivers off. And so now they're like, well, you can tip on the app. So I always do that. Yeah, I know. <clears throat> Listeners are probably thinking I'm like Scrooge McDuck. But, like, I, I don't know. It was just like, like, I just got used to. And I took a lot of Ubers when it first came out. I just got used to not tipping. And now All I'm right. Like, yeah. Let me ask you this. What is your Uber rider rating? 4.79. All right, let's see. 4.79 to the non-tipping guy. Now, I don't know when they rate you, so I don't know what it matters. Uh, so this might not be exactly accurate. Ooh, you're 4.79? Yeah. I'm 4.97. Oh, wow. Yeah, man. Well, if I that actually would have mean something someday, <laughs> I will tip. <laughs> I guess it doesn't matter, but uh, I also talk to him. Do you, do you talk to the Ubers? No, I don't got time to talk to people. Do you ride in back? Yeah, yeah. What, 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 you think I'm riding shotgun? Like <laughs> I, I ride shotgun. Are you serious? Ninety nine percent of the time, unless they got like a bunch of stuff in their front seat, I'm I'm rolling shotgun because I feel like I don't know. It's not like a town car. It's not like a a limo. It's this dude is essentially just a guy that's trying to make a living, and I'm like, what am I going to treat him like a second rate citizen? I'm going to sit here with him. And I'm going to be interested in his life. I'm going to meet him or her. And uh, and also, especially when it's a woman, I ride up front because I, as a female driver, I think I would be scared to have a dude riding in my back seat that I didn't know. Ah. <laughs> so I do it for them. I'm like, I'm trying try not to be a perv on your last comment. But dude, seriously, what kind of degenerate rides shotgun in an Uber like? I'm telling you, and maybe maybe the listeners will disagree with me. I always ride shotgun, and I always tip. This is this is what I do. See, if if I were an Uber driver, I would be weirded out by someone riding shotgun because you're too close to me. Like you it's could like possible, reach but at over least and, you're not like sneaking up behind you. Yeah, but you could grab the steering wheel or like shift the car. Like I don't want you like touching that stuff. Like go sit in the back. Let me ask. Where you the this. worst thing you could do it, is hit me in the back of the head. If you were to pick up a hitchhiker, would you want them in your back seat or shotgun? Well, first off, I'm never picking up a hitchhiker. And I'm <laughs> assuming the second, I'm assuming the back trunk is not an option, so I'm going to go back seat. You're going back seat with a hitchhiker. When you hop in a cab, do you hop in the shotgun or do you hop in the back? A cab's different. There's a different uh, code of ethics and a different social contract, I feel like, when we jump in with cabs. Uh, I feel like they are going to drive faster, uh, they're a little more rude. And they are a contracted person, whereas Uber, it's just a guy. It's just a dude. Nah, man. Shotgun and it's, Uber? It's their enough. side job. I ride shotgun and Uber. By the way, I had never picked up a hitchhiker before in my life either until last week. And it wasn't really a true hitchhiker, but last week I was leaving for the Portland airport, leaving the casino. I got like a couple hours of sleep after my show. And then I had an early morning flight, so I had to get up like at 2.30 in the morning to ride to, to drive to Portland. And I'm driving, and it's raining, and I see, I see somebody on the side of the road with their thumb up as they're walking like kind of dangerously down this like two-lane highway. 
And I look around, there are no other cars. And so I slow down. I'm like, hey, what's up? And it was a gal who had been like punched by her boyfriend. And so she left him and was go- going home. And she's like, I just live right up here. And I was like, okay. But and she hopped in the back. I'd have had my head on a swivel the entire time. But she sat shotgun and still I was kind of like making sure she didn't make any swift movements for her pockets or anything like that. And uh, I, I was nervous. I was like going into like getting jumped. The only reason I did it was because it was raining. Oh, wait, Clear you day. You took her to the, the uh, station it, or you took her home? No, I took her to her house, which was really just like a mile up. I had to go like maybe a quarter of a mile out of my way. But that was the only time I've ever picked somebody up. I do not recommend picking them up, but I just felt bad. Like I was passing this person on a dark highway and it was raining and I just felt bad. Exactly. And I wouldn't have picked him up if it was a different situation. Like, yeah, I need to go all the way to Portland. I'd have been like, ooh, hold on, child. <laughs> I don't know if I'm riding with you for a couple hours. Uh, no, no, you're, you're, uh, I mean, look, kudos to you for doing a good deed. But uh, no, I ain't playing that I game. don't recommend it. But it was like 2.30 in the morning. I was still like kind of half out of it. I think that maybe got the better of my judgment. Yeah, no, you're, you got a wife and three kids. I would not recommend you, uh. You play Good Samaritan anymore. I think you, you roll the dice enough on that one. Right. Isn't that a sad thing? And I've been that guy, too. When I had an early morning flight out of Lincoln one time, it was middle of winter. It was snowing, icy, you know, like a foot of snow on the ground. And I could not get a cab to come pick me up at my hotel, which was right by the airport. It was like half a mile from the airport. I called several cab companies. They would not come. Uber was not quite a thing. I had to lug my luggage up over this overpass, and every car that passed me on the way to the airport, I turned and gave the thumb to, and not one of them stopped. And I'm like, uh, I get I, it. I get it. I am a strange adult male. Yeah, you're stranger than most, I would say. <laughs> I'm a nice guy, but the reality is I'm still an adult male, which is a scary prospect when you don't know who it is. Oh, like, I, like my girlfriend, she, like, like, for her, even if, like, if there's work to be done in her apartment she will not have like a male like uh like the plumber she won't let the plumber come up unless like she's not there or like someone she knows and trusts is there with her yeah that's a smart girl max smart i wouldn't do that either i don't even like it when as a dude when i come up like and just my kids are around or something i'm like weirded out about that i almost kind of like usher them in the other room i was like i don't want some creep knowing i got kids here ah fair i never thought about it that way oh yeah, you gotta there. gotta protect. But at any rate, yes, I'm a I'm a shotgun Uber rider, and and my rating reflects it. Although now I'm starting to wonder, somebody must have given me less than a five rating to get to four nine seven. What the hell was that? Could you imagine if there was an app where uh, girls could do this, but then like they do it based on your performance? If it was what? If girls could rate a guy based on his performance, and there was an app for that, and so we all had ratings. I feel like this is an episode of some some sitcom. I feel like I've seen this idea hashed out and guys were like oh, trying really? to improve their rating and stuff like that. I wouldn't have to worry about it. I've been out of the game for a long time. And I'd probably have a horrible rating because Sarah's the only one reviewing <laughs> <laughs> She's like, he sucks. He's late everywhere he goes. He never does the dishes. I hate him. He snores. He's gross. <laughs> I'd have a horrible rating. Actually, funny story, I don't know if I ever told you this, but you know so I, how I met my current girlfriend online on Tinder. Uh-huh. The first time I signed up for Tinder, I was in your house in L.A., the, uh, the one where I don't think May was born yet. Neil was like a baby. The one that came to visit out of Seattle. Neil probably wasn't even born. Well, no, how do I remember being around baby Neil when he was a baby? Because we went looking for houses. Wasn't that the trip? Oh, uh, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. That's when you and signed up for Tinder? 
Yeah, let me tell you. Signed what up were you, just different... horny in my house? Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then you sign up for Tinder for the first time, and it's in, in, in L.A. Yeah, that was, uh, that was a rude awakening. A good rude awakening. Yeah, there you go. The first time I ever signed up for Tinder, I was in your house. That whole thing. So I never have dated in this realm of uh, swiping right and really even social media. Like Facebook was barely a thing when Sarah and I started dating. So it, it's weird to me. And, and does it do something weird to people's psyche, you think? Just this swipe right, swipe left culture? Does it, does it make us less human to, to people doing that? No, I don't think so. I think it's a new beginning. I mean, I got invited to a buddy's wedding uh, this week. The wedding's in a couple of months, but uh, you know how on the wedding website they have like a bit of a write-up? And uh, uh-huh. he was talking about when they first met on Bumble and how on the first date she was 30 minutes late. And then when she got close to the table, she stood far enough away so that he would have to stand up to shake her hand so she could confirm that he was like 6'3 or 6'4 or whatever was in his profile. And I told my girlfriend uh. that and I was like... <laughs> I was like, oh, wow, that's a, that's, a, that's a smart move right there. And she's like, well, yeah, everyone knows to do that. Like, and I'm like, wow, there's, uh, there's levels to this, huh? <laughs> I want to make sure this guy's as tall as he says he is. Yeah, I mean, I, I get it. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it would make things easier to a certain degree and harder to a certain degree. Because I, I was uh, looking at a study the other day that said like most uh, – most like high schoolers and college age people now feel more awkward meeting someone at a bar than online. Like yeah, for I mean, a guy to approach a girl at a bar now is almost like creepy. Well, because you, you don't know your odds, right? Like you don't know, is she taken? Is she single? Is she like just not looking to like meet anyone? To, like, like there's so much more that goes into it versus like on the app, like you know what everyone's there for. Like, And it feels probably like less rejection. Like to go up to a girl in a bar and try and talk to her, that takes some guts. And and sometimes you get rejected. So I guess like through the app, there's a little bit of separation too with your own like little personal feelings. Yeah, you know, you meet a girl at a bar, it's dark, you know, she might look a certain way and then you get outside in the light and you're like, I just wasted two hours, like, you know. But then on the app, you could be looking at, you could be looking at a photo from 10 years ago and you have no clue. So my thing was, I just always, I never understood why people didn't pay. Like I paid for my apps and I had friends who would be like, why are you paying? The app is free. And I'm like, why are you not paying? Do you not understand how much better it is when you pay? What do you mean? uh, Why would you pay for a free app? Bro, because you you pay and then like if you're paying the 10, 15, 20 bucks a month, whatever, you don't have to swipe. They show you all the girls that have already swiped right on you. So you're not like just completely swinging in the dark here. They're like, here's the girls that already say if you swipe right on them, they want to meet you. So like so, I wouldn't okay. waste my- so yeah, if you pay, then you get like bonus content, or they tell you like these people already like you. But if you don't pay, you don't get to see who likes you. You get to see them, but like you only get to see them if you don't pay. They just show you all the girls, and then you just keep swiping through, and then they tell you when someone coincidentally likes you as well. Whereas if you pay, you don't have to waste time like looking through the girls who don't like you. They just show you the ones that already like you. And can you only match up with another paid subscriber or no? You can match no, up no, with no. a freebie. No, you can match up with a freebie. Hmm. Yeah, right? So then that's even less rejection. Exactly. Right. You don't have to worry about it. They've already swiped. Yeah, for 10 bucks a month. <laughs> oh, man. It's a different world. But hey, you and Sarah did it the quote-unquote old-fashioned way. You guys met in college. You know, had your wedding, which I attended. It was a great wedding. 
save the little girl's life. Um, I don't know if you're going to see Iris this Christmas, but remind her I saved her, her life. I'll tell um, Iris you said hi. <laughs> uh, she's got to be a big girl now, right? She's what? She's 12? Jeez. And she was like two at our wedding and you saved her. She was like about to, what, was she going to fall off a stage or something? No, nah, she was she was tugging on the like candle, the candle uh, holder or whatever. And she was going to pull the candle off the candle holder and set the church on fire. And I ran yeah. over to her, picked her up, and then remembered that I am a black man in a small town Indiana holding a white baby that is not mine. And I quickly like extended my arms all the way out, like someone come take this. I'm not taking this. It is not mine. I'm trying to save her. <laughs> there you, you had like, nothing to. There you had nothing to fear. There you were around friends and family. But I, that reminded me of uh, that time when I w- turned 21. And you were not 21 yet, and you came with me to the liquor store, and you couldn't go in, but I went in. And I just, out of instinct, like, <laughs> turned and locked my door. I turned and locked my door, and I didn't know what that would do. And I went in the liquor store. I come out, my alarm's going off, and you're, like, ducked down in the back seat, like, just <laughs> this terrified. I about that. I don't know how old you were, like 20, 19, 20 year old <laughs> black guy just sitting in the back of a BMW <laughs> with the alarm going off in a in a parking lot. You're like, this could go wrong for me in so many different ways. And I think I was just about to come off probation, too, for like a, a drinking ticket or something from when I was like younger. And I remember I was like, <laughs> oh, man, I've got like a week left on this like uh, probation thing or whatever. And then like here I am in a liquor store parking lot at 10 p.m. in a BMW that's flashing lights and doing the beeping. And there's like a black man in there just hiding. I'm like, this is not. And the the liquor store was like by the police station. Yeah, I had no idea that when you lock the door, that if it like senses movement inside the car after you've locked it, that the alarm would go off. I don't know what you You were doing. You were were so mad. You were scared and mad at the same time. You were like taking your own sweet time in there. Like, I don't know, were you like... Were you like doing a wine tasting? Like you were gone for like 10 minutes. People are driving up next to the car parking and they're looking at me like, what in the hell is going on here? They don't know if to call the cops. <laughs> I wish I'd have had you on tape in there. You just watch you just crap in yourself. Yeah, that's something a good friend would say, right? Yeah, I want to watch you crap yourself. Well, cool, man. I appreciate you uh, taking the time to record. I feel like we left so much on the table. We got We could do a whole nother episode at some point. Well, if I don't come back for another episode, I just wanted to leave as a parting shot. In episode 23, I did not get barely wet on the way to the Michael Jordan game. I was drenched. Don't believe what you hear. That's oh, this is uh, oh, this is the story of us driving to Indianapolis to go see uh, Michael Jordan and Reggie Miller play. Yeah, listen to episode 23 if you haven't. And I wasn't barely wet. I was soaked. Yeah, I got it. After that one came out, I got beef. <laughs> I got a call from you. You're like, barely wet. I was soaked to the bone. And I think you're misremembering it. Says the guy who was driving. <laughs> All right, cool, Che. Thanks for thanks for doing this. All right, later, man.